This is HPR episode 2020 entitled Automotive Billing. It is hosted by first-time host Brian and is about 34 minutes long. The summary is how I bill for automotive repairs. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. honest mechanics bill. I get a call from a friend of mine. My car won't start. It's in the parking lot at my job. So I go to look at it. Unfortunately, husband came, tried to jump start it, took the key that has the chip so I can't even try to start it because it has an immobilizer on the ignition. Battery's dead. I ask, how much fuel's in it? The answer is very little with a chuckle. Say, okay, I'm going to take the battery out. I'm going to stick it on my charger, send it through a cycle, come back with a couple gallons of fuel, see what it does, and then diagnose the no start if it's still there. Well, I get back to the car, I get the key, I go to start it, and it fires up and coughs at me so I go okay well maybe it was out of gas give it another crank to get some more fuel up through the rail and hold the pedal down a little bit and it fires up and revs and huge cough I go okay there's a problem most likely it sounds to me right off the bat there's a big air leak I'm gonna go check I open the hood I start wiggling some vacuum lines the entire throttle body is loose and I find that it's cracked off of the intake manifold now for folks who are not familiar with what a throttle body or an intake manifold are the way that a car breathes is it sucks air in through some intake pipe that goes to one side of a filter the air filter in the air box On the other side of the air filter is a pipe that goes to the throttle body. In between there, there is usually what's called an air mass meter. And it's an electronic module box looking thing that reads the mass of the air as it comes through. And it's actually got a heat filament in there that heats it to a certain temperature and gets a standard measurement so that it can do a proper fuel-air mixture. Now the throttle body at the end of that tube is what they call the butterfly. It's just a flap 
that plugs the hole in the tube. When you press on your accelerator, it opens that flap, which is why the accelerator is really not a gas pedal. When you press on the gas pedal, you do nothing but open an air flap. The fact that there's more air getting sucked into the engine causes the engine to then suck more fuel. This is in the old style carbureted systems. The new style fuel injected systems, you still operate the air flap with your accelerator pedal, but many of them are what's called drive-by wire. So they're no longer connected with just a cable to, from the pedal to that butterfly, and it's all computer controlled. So that throttle body is a big, heavy plate mechanism, and it's got a bunch of vacuum lines and position sensors and all sorts of stuff on it. And then on the other side of that is your intake manifold, and that is where the air gets intake to the vehicle. And on the other side of that throttle body, which is what's measuring the amount of air that gets into the manifold, the manifold distributes it into your cylinders. This vehicle is a four-cylinder Mitsubishi 2000 Galant, and that is a vehicle with a known problem with a steel intake manifold and no supporting mount for the throttle body. So the throttle body cracks off of the intake manifold. And it's actually the intake manifold that breaks. Most people just have a crack. This one was broken completely off. So I gave myself a chuckle. I laughed. I said, you need a new intake manifold. And uh, let's see what that's going to cost us. I get very lucky. I find one that's off of 2003 that should fit. My research tells me it's a 99 to 2003 fit. So I go out to the junkyard. I pull it off of this 2003. I head back home. I place the orders at the parts stores for the gaskets, the intake manifold gasket, the throttle body gasket, the coolant neck gasket. Because on this vehicle, the coolant neck, where the lower radiator hose goes, actually attaches to the outside of the intake manifold flange. So you have to spill coolant, and you have to replace that gasket, which is actually an O-ring, because it's just a cast pipe fitting. This vehicle also has the fuel rail with the fuel injectors going into the intake manifold, which isn't extremely uncommon, but is also not extremely common. They usually will go into a separate point on the intake, on the uh, head of the engine also uh, with uh, areas for the injectors cut out of the intake manifold so that you don't have to pull your fuel system to change your intake manifold. So there's a lot of components on here. There's also many vacuum control pieces. Now, once I get it all back together, I realize that actually this 2003 is different from the 2000. There's a vacuum line in a different place, and it's also lacking a mount that was welded to the side of it. That's for the ignition control module, another fancy piece of our fuel injection systems. So after I get this together, I come up with a longer piece of vacuum line, 
reroute it to fix the rerouting in the box of the vacuum line. That was different. I just bend, snap, bend until it snapped. It took a lot of bending because it was a pretty decent steel. The flange off of the old intake manifold, drilled a hole in the new flange on the new one, and mounted the ignition module to the new 2003, so everything's back together and great. I proceed to fill it with coolant. Now in the process, when I pulled that coolant neck off, I realized one of the coolant lines going to the heater core had a bunch of sediment uh, on it, which is ind indicative of a leak, a very slight leak that allows the coolant to bubble and leave deposits, which will seal themselves up eventually. Hopefully, for those who want to ignore their cars. Uh, so I go, well, I'm going to help her out. I'm going to pull that line off. I'm going to scrape all those deposits off. Uh, at this point in the job, she wants her car back, so I'm not going to order a new hose. I'm going to throw some silicone on it and stick it back together. So I do that. This hose had a spring clamp holding it on, which unlike a standard screw-type hose clamp, can only apply so much compressive force to the outside of the hose. And usually, on an old worn hose, your best bet is to put that clamp back where it was because it left indentations and the hose itself won't be as uh, squishy, so you may end up with a leak if you don't put it back in the same place. This one was rotten to the point where putting it back in the same place after cleaning the deposits and siliconing it, I poured the coolant in and it kept taking a little more than I expected. And I noticed it was just leaking out of that hole. So I had to pull that line back off and re-silicone it. And I put a screw-type hose clamp on, told her she wants to sell the car. So I told her just put that note in that says that that was remedied but not repaired, the leak in the coolant line. And I put it on her invoice for her. So I get the car back together. I fire it up. It's great. Runs good. I, all in all, she called me to go assess the car. I went and assessed the car. That took me half an hour on the easy end. It took me more than that because I had to drive across town and back. But it took me half an hour to assess it. Came home, hooked up the battery and stuff. We'll include that in the half an hour. I had to go back to the car. Then I actually assessed it and found the brake. Then I went to the junkyard. Junkyard's an hour out. Then I removed the part off of the car at the junkyard. Then I drove home. Then I went to the parts stores. I got those parts. I went back to my house. And at this point in my billing cycle for her, her balance is still zero. I've spent most of a day and pieces of another day. And I haven't even gotten a build hour yet. But that's okay. That's part of that overhead. When you bring your vehicle to a mechanic, at least where I live, the average price in the mechanic shop is $100 an hour. That $100 an hour is what you get billed. Many times, the work that went into it is far beyond that. Occasionally, a job comes in that the technician is so familiar with they can knock it out in half of the time the book says 
a lot of shops will still charge you for the book time, and that's how they make up for those extra time spent that are unbillable hours. All in all, I billed my friend for this job. She paid for all the parts out of her own pocket, which cost $100 total because it was junkyard and local parts shops and simple things. And I didn't mark those up. So I billed her $150 for the labor. That on the books was three hours of shop labor to replace her intake manifold. And she saw that at first, and she said, oh, $50 an hour, that's a lot. And I said, well, kind of. It's a lot if I worked an hour. But that three hours of work is really representative of a day. So sometimes you really think the shop's ripping you off, and they are. Because I've worked at a few of them. And a few of them really do rip you off. They bill full book time, no matter what, on all jobs. Even when half of the time in two jobs they're doing are combined doing the same thing for the same job. Which happens a lot. You pull this part off and now you have access to two pieces underneath, so you change both of them. Well, a lot of shops will bill you the time to take that top part off twice. I'm saying that's fucking total bullshit. So, just... Because HPR needed some shows, this was on my mind. It just happened to me. I figured I'd send it out there. Hopefully, it's interesting to somebody. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hekka Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website, or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.